0: Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I'm your host Sean Siriani, and we got a great guest for you. Today, I am joined with a man. He's a director, a writer, a producer, and a badass motherfucker. His name is Jesse Thomas Cook. He's got not but one, but two movies playing this weekend at the Blood in the Snow Festival, Canadian Horror Movie Festival. They both playing at the Royal on November 25th. And I've seen one of these movies. And I'm telling you. This is one of the most fun I've had watching a movie. Maybe all year. That movie is called The Horde. It is filmed like a reality show. And it's a mockumentary on almost a house flipping show. A hoarder show. And... They have a ghost hunting division, (laughs) and and as the movie goes on, it keeps getting more gross and ridiculous, and I had a laugh attack. Let you know if you're listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, you can go to our website, www.girthradio.com, and every episode has its own homepage, and you'll be able to see the trailer for this fucking awesome movie. And, yeah, I was so uh, excited to talk to him about this. And the second movie he's got playing that day, it's called Dead Sight. Um, I didn't get to see it because they were still finishing the sound. Um, He actually took a break from sound mixing to come down to the Girth Radio studio and talk to me. And I really appreciate that. He's been on a tight deadline. And that is playing Saturday as well. I'm going to be there. I'm going to see the double feature. I want to see the Horde again. <laughs> and uh, I may, I think they're doing a q and I, w- I want to, beyond like, wanting to watch the movie on the big screen, I'm interested in seeing what questions the audience will have about this hilarious film. Um, the festival is based on horror, but this one it really puts the comedy in the forefront. Almost the vibe I get from the character's uh they're all extravagant almost cartoony at their jobs from the house cleanup to to the property deputies to the homeowner and you're going to hear in this interview that a lot of these characters are based on real people which i find amazing and the movie almost reminded me of like a super troopers uh how outrageous each individual is (laughs) and yeah i can go on and on about how fun and awesome this movie is but you're gonna hear about it anyways in this interview so i'm gonna shut up but uh like always thanks to our sponsor the pacific junction hotel for taking care of me always taking care of my guests i appreciate you But without further ado, Jesse Thomas Cook of Foresight Features coming at you
1: right now! Pacific Junction Hotel girth Radio
0: I tell you something cosmic leading up to this interview um one of uh, my listeners uh who's been like following kind of I guess the brand of my show the creative imbalance uh he hit me up without knowing I'm talking to people coming to blood in the snow, and he sent me this link and he's like you you should check out this director from Collingwood. And this is, like, uh, he didn't know, like, my lineup or anything. And I'm like, yeah, cool, man. And I didn't look at it till like, a little later in the afternoon. And uh, they've been sending me a lot of people, too. So, like, I even saw the production uh, company name, but it didn't, like, sink in. And i clicked on it and it was just like the horde i was like dude he's coming in on sunday that's so fucking weird and uh yeah so shout outs to tom davenport this is uh this one's for you man <laughs> yeah but uh yeah you're obviously the type of people i have on my show and everything and uh yeah so today i watched the horde it was fucking incredible i was having a laugh attack <laughs> and um
1: yeah, I just, how, what was the beginning process of this? Like, Oh my God, the Horde. Um, I guess it started almost eight years ago when we were filming one of our earliest films called Monster Brawl. And we were scouting for locations up near Collingwood where we're from. And we needed a location for uh, where the vampire was supposed to live in Monster Brawl. So it had to look like European and kind of like a castle and, and someone we knew was like, have you ever checked out uh Moreland place mm-hmm. near Owen sound? And we're like, no. And he's like, you should check it out because it's kind of a really odd, uh, property. That's like a, sort of like a Anne Boleyn designed English countryside house with, with gardens and statues everywhere and hedge mazes. And, uh, so we did, and it was a perfect location and we, and we filmed there, but, uh, so, we ended up meeting the owner of this property, who was a gentleman named Barry Moore, who's quite uh, famous up in Owen Sound because he owns five or six properties. Um, mostly, they're old century homes that have been left to decay that he is trying to restore. And so, fast forward five years later, we shot a haunted house uh, film called The Hexecutioners at Barry's main property. Um, which is, again, called Moreland Place with the gardens and the fabulous castle. And then after getting to know him on that shoot, on Hexecutioners, we realized he's such an intriguing, fascinating character that we sort of mused about, maybe we should do a documentary on this guy.
0: Oh, okay. So like not like a horror
1: style, just like straight up? Just straight up documentary because he, he owned all these properties. He lived alone. He worked nonstop, even though he was in his 70s, and he collected just piles and piles of stuff and furniture and and not like typical hoarder behavior where it's like piles of diapers and garbage. Like it was yeah. very tastefully, you know, cluttered, organized chaos, but mostly like, you know, armoires and cabinets and furniture worth like thousands that he was like uh, finding in these... Weird farm auctions and and uh, thrift stores and and things like that. So and and just to meet the guy, his stories and so on. We thought we better do a documentary on him. And uh, it was from that shoot on the executioners that he opened up his doors on all these other houses we didn't even know he owned. Oh wow! So we're sitting there in twenty seventeen thinking like, what should be our next film? And we've got all of Barry's properties that he's basically begging us to, to film in because he wants to like immortalize them forever of, of the work he's doing trying to restore them. And he's such a character. So we thought, yeah, we could do this. But after uh, talking with Tony Burgess, who who wrote the project and who had written several other films of ours, and uh, he also wrote Pawnee Pool, we thought it might be too close to home to just do a documentary and a little bit too much out of our wheelhouse So we thought, what if we made it more like a mockumentary where we Mm -hmm. took Barry and made him like way more of a caricature um, and then just added a lot of improv, kind of like Trailer Park Boys type of comedy, and then just like wrapped it all up in this weird kind of (laughs) fun house, haunted house thing by the end. And that's like really how it began. And then... You That's know, we, cool. We, we sort of wrapped it around with like a reality show send up around the whole thing, but it really started of like actually knowing this guy and wanting to to film on his properties and and film with him. And he was never an actor, but uh, we thought that would be the whole the whole film would be like this guy who doesn't realize he's surrounded by actors yeah yeah and like we've sort of told him there's this doctor coming in to look at your houses <laughs> and, and there's a you know a, a a home organizer and a renovation crew and that was kind of the, the fun of it that he wasn't really sure which ones were were actors and which ones were like real
0: wow and it's it's cool to hear the seed of how that just snowballed into, like, the one of the most ridiculous movies I've seen this year. Like, it has everything. It has gore, it's got shit, it's got comedy, it's got quality comedy, it's got, like, everything. But, uh yeah, I guess, is that, like, what you... I, I noticed, like, I was looking back in your IMDb, and you... They have, like, movies called, like, Septic Man and stuff. Is that, like, yours, like, Spin? Like, just (laughs) let's try to push this in the craziest, grossest way or, like...
1: I, I think so. I think we're never really, like, settled into, like, locking in a certain genre. I know, like, we work in horror, but we're always trying to, like... Push it in new and interesting ways that just seemed to amuse us. Like, for instance, Monster Brawl was, it was just like a wrestling tournament that was kind of like shaped into a a film. And then Septic Man was very tongue-in-cheek. And then with The Horde, we were like, we want to send up the reality show genre. So whether it's like intervention or hoarders or home renovation or ghost hunting. So we wanted all that in there. Like, it was like the ultimate reality show that these sort of B-list reality stars were going to make as their comeback and kind of uh, focus in on this hoarder who they're like playing up that he's really bad and he's this horrible human being when really it's just our friend Barry who's being himself. <laughs> um, and then the same with the horror thing where we wanted to sort of make it like a, a collage of different subgenres of horror. So for instance, the you know the ghost hunting subplot is kind of like they're in a weird haunted house storyline. And the home renovation crew in the horde is kind of um finds herself in this weird zombie subplot where one of them gets infected by mold and is slowly turning over the course of the cleanup. And the psychologist and organizer, like the psychologist is sort of consumed by the his own greed and the possessions and trying to rob from the hoarder and so he kind of follows into like a bit of a slasher storyline. Yeah and it yeah. culminates into this kind of weird creature feature. At the end, when like the monster of the horde rises. So yeah. it's kind of like just trying to like play around with genre and comedy and reality TV. Yeah, it's, it was so fun to watch. And even like, uh,
0: as you mentioned this too, like, uh, I want to say,
1: like, the comedy is, like, kind of the
0: forefront of everything. I almost got, like, a, a Super Troopers vibe of, like, the dialogue <laughs> in a way. I don't know why. It's just, like, uh, how, like, uh, just the quirky characters of, like, the junk cleanup crew and, like, the cop and everything. And
1: Yeah, and the junk cleanup crew is, like, uh, so the guy who plays the Falcon, he is uh, a real actor, Justin Darmanin, but the lead guy in the contractor crew, Marcus Ludlow, he's just, like a guy we know from our hockey dressing room who's just like chirps people in the <laughs> that's dressing fantastic room. And, yeah and like we went up to him we're like hey do you want do you want to be in a movie and he's like sure and he's like what do i have to do and i'm like you just have to like belittle these two other guys all day long <laughs> do you like, very unscripted <laughs> and he's like oh buddy all i do all day is belittle people and we're like okay <laughs> uh, I, I yeah. guess you're hired so a lot of it was like you know we had a script and we had call sheets and and there was a semblance of organization but a lot of it was improv uh to the point where we had just had hours and hours of footage and
0: we, oh, we, no we can get into that, can.
1: that later but it, 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 at one point it was going to actually become just a tv show because we had just too much content to whittle down to a feature film wow
0: wow I even like uh how it was edited too it just reminds me of like those hoarder shows or like home renovations too and they cut to like the interviews and just like even like the team getting fired up at the beginning giving each other high fives (laughs) I don't know just everything about that movie was making me smile (laughs) even like the fucked up
1: it was a very hard film to edit for me who oh really I've only only edited the sort of conventional narrative and this film had like 3,000 shots in it and like very fast paced reality style editing um and just a lot of content, like I said. So it was initially conceived as a feature. And then when we got in the editing room, we were like, we can't lose this. And there's we've got this. And because it's a movie about a show, I wonder if it would work as a show. Um, so we started to edit it into episodic form. And we had sort of four or five episodes going. And then... At the end of that, we sort of sat there and watched it, and we're like, no, I think we need to go back and crush it all back into its original format, which was a feature film. And so that's where it stands now, and it's a shame, really, because I just had so much, like you were saying, of the, the humor that I had to just cut. And uh, Oh, yeah. And, I'm sure there's some gems you could oh, keep in a, there. and Even cutting it down from... 3 hours to 2 hours was very very painful and uh-huh. then like cutting it from then down to 90 minutes I mean like we lost entire characters and oh wow uh, a lot, yeah a lot of other stuff so maybe maybe as the film gets released we can uh sort of send out a lot of that stuff on social media, the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, it'd be cool. Scenes. Or
0: even, yeah, if you did, like, a spin-off and, like, kept it going with, like, different houses or something with the same characters. Because I'd, I'd love to see more of these characters. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, as awful as they were, they're so lovable at the same time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And uh, I want to know, like, uh, how did you get into filmmaking? Like, uh, when did that seed spark? Like, when you... Was it, like, a, at a younger age? Like, when you a kid? I, well,
1: I think I was always interested in horror films from a young age, um, fascinated by them and always, you know, rented them on weekends and that kind of thing. And then did a lot of filming in high school, Um, never got into film school uh, for university, and then ended up uh, starting a magazine here in Toronto that was just kind of like a culture magazine, kind of like Vice, but not that big, obviously. It was like skateboarding and music interviews and just funny articles. Um, back in like 2004, maybe. And from that, uh, me and my colleague John Geddes just one day started to make short films. Mm-hmm. And then from there, uh, we would make these short films, one or one a year for like three years, and then we would... Make giant pitch packages and uh, rent a van and drive to LA, trying to pitch them to studios and disguising ourselves as delivery men and like just so stupid. They're, like the the dumbest, <laughs> like, the classic like American dream gone wrong. Where we're like, let's make a short film and then we'll pitch it as a feature and we'll drive there and we'll you know we'll storm into Wes Craven's office and leave them like a mini coffin with the film and the script and, and, and then we'll I just, love the so, ambition. Then though. we'll just like wait outside. And, like, there was no plan after that. There wasn't even, like, hey, can we get a meeting? We're like, we'll just drop off this package on, like, Quentin Tarantino's doorstep and run away. Yeah. And then just, like, wait. And of course, (laughs) like, nothing fucking happened. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, it it took a couple rounds of that to realize if we want to make films, especially in Canada, um, we're going to have to do it ourselves. Like, no one's going to just buy a script from these scumbags in Toronto and say, here's 20 million, go ahead and make it. Yeah, yeah. So we sort of... Retreated back up to Collingwood and regrouped and sort of properly devised a business plan to uh to get people to invest in a in a horror film and so that was our first feature film Scarce in two thousand and seven that we ended up like acting in and it was a big kind of torture porn gore fest <laughs> cool. and if you can check it out it's just, it's so funny to watch now but then because it was shot on film that was before even digital oh wow um. And it was shot in the middle of the winter, and it was uh, anyway. It's a it's an interesting film. I watched it recently. I showed my wife it; she had never seen it, and I was so so embarrassed and nervous to show her. And we're watching it. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is bad. And then halfway through, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. This is awesome. Like, yeah, it's just so bad it's good. <laughs> and uh, and then from there, like with scarce we. Managed to take it around to some film markets and and get some uh, broadcast deals and DVD deals around the world. And that was kind of like our film education in terms of the business side of film. Uh, which was very invaluable. And then we launched Foresight Features in 2010 with the goal of making 10 films. Instead of just like, hey, who wants to invest in a little cannibal film? It was completely reworked to be like, hey, who wants to invest in a proper company with a slate of horror films over the next five to six years? Nice, nice. Kind of just like map out a future for yourself. So that's what we did. And then so we we raised enough money to do Monster Brawl and Exit Humanity, which were, were our two big films in 2011. And from there I got to go around the world to festivals and and uh and then that sort of propelled the next three films and then the next two and then uh here we are with uh the horde. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The horde was actually the seventh film out of the ten. And uh since we filmed the horde, we've actually filmed two other films. The horde just took so damn long to finish. The 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 editing was just uh Again, it was a, a quagmire with all the, the cuts. So we've actually filmed a zombie film called Dead Sight and a, and a thriller, a, rev, a revenge film called Creep Nation. And Dead Sight and The Horde are premiering at uh, Blood in the Snow yeah. next week.
0: It's going to be a busy
1: weekend for you. Definitely. And that's awesome, man, yeah, too. Had... Like, usually people have like one film in there. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people just make one film and that's the end of them or they'll make one every couple of years and... Uh, We have had films in the same fest six or seven years ago, but we've never had films in the same fest that are playing the same day, like back-to-back, like it is next Sunday, so that's very exciting.
0: That's so cool. Grats on that, man, too. And, yeah, so I watched The Horde. I didn't get to watch
1: Dead Sight yet. I'm probably going to go check it out in the theater at the festival. You probably weren't able to watch it because I'm still finishing it up the road right now. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm like on my lunch break from the sound mix, the final sound mix day, and I came over here to uh to, to talk with you so Dead Deadside oh, nice. no one's seen it yet okay I haven't cool. even seen the final version <laughs> that's yet. fantastic and I think I pick up the final version Tuesday and it's like again with with films it's it's like you can screw around with them tweak them like the horde for a year or so um until you just decide to abandon them and then they're done or something like Dead Deadside it was like oh we got into a film fest we've got 20 days to get to finish this thing so it's sometimes nice to give yourself that sort of deadline otherwise you can find yourself totally just tweaking and and never, never, uh, it's like that quote, films are never finished, they're just abandoned. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Sometimes you need that deadline so you can abandon it.
0: Yeah, when I get musicians in here too, they say the same thing about songs. And it's, right. it's cool, like your schedule, it's almost like the South Park style. It's <laughs> like they finish the episode the day of, and it's like, oh, shit, we got to do another one next week. And they got, a, they got a sweet documentary on that. I think it's called like Six Days to Air. Wow. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's cool. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, what's interesting, they sent me tons of films from Blood in the Snow. I probably I watched three of them so far, including yours. And uh, it's cool about that festival. It seems like they're very like focused on picking different things. Like yours made me laugh. Another one. I was like, almost like this intense mystery in the, mm-hmm. in the horror was like, kind of like on the backside of it. And then right. there was like another one that was more like a cliche, campy horror style. I'm right. like, this is a really cool festival. It's like
1: uh, the diversity within the genre itself is pretty amazing where you mm-hmm. can have complete batshit comedy shit, like the horde. And then you have, like you were saying more like psychological horror, or slow burn, whore, or campy, um, but I give credit to uh, the programmers there because I feel like it took a, a lot of balls to program the whore because it's such a, a bizarre, <laughs> a bizarre film. And like we were hoping, eventually, it would uh, pick up a cult following in terms of you know we'll see how when we can release it and this and that. But I was hoping um, eventually just getting it out there to everyone and hopefully whether it's on YouTube or in memes or gifs or something. Um, that that kind of comedy would uh, w- would gain a following because mm-hmm. it's just endless in terms of uh, yeah the, the memes and things like that. You could just pick any yeah. clip and post it, and it's just yeah ridiculous.
0: definitely. And it's interesting you said that too because um, as I was watching it too, I was thinking of Friends. I'm like, oh, so and so has to see this, or like just like <laughs> certain like one liners, like with your hockey buddy. It's like <laughs> like just like all these like little inside jokes, my friends, or like. I I don't want to spoil anything or even like the gross stuff. I'm like, Oh, buddy would love this. <laughs> it's almost like, I know I'm not supposed to just share these screeners, but I'm just like, almost want to in a way, but it'd be cool. Yeah. If you popped it on YouTube or whatever, I'd share yeah. the fuck out of it, man. Yeah. Like I feel like people
1: need to see this movie. That's you're... where I'm at. I just yeah. want to get it out there and, and have as many people see it. and uh, It was a very interesting shoot. We've done 10 or 11 films now, and it was the most fun I've ever had making a movie. Um, Matt Wheelie co-directed it with me, and we only had, like, 16 days to shoot it all. So we designed the shoot where we had just two crews going at all times, two units. So I would be filming with, like, Barry as Murph Evans, the hoarder, and uh, Dr. Eve, who's played by Tony Burgess, the writer, and Lisa, who is Sheila, and Matt would be with a whole other crew filming the junk removal guys at a whole other house, still all in Owen Sound. And then it was kind of fun because it was like this friendly, friendly, competitive thing where at the end of the day, we'd all meet up to, to eat and like say, how did you guys get through your day? And, uh, and they'd all be laughing and have their own little in jokes and their own kind of um, tight unit of, you know, the bonds of fellowship you get from a, from something like a film shoot. And so it created this sort of nice little, uh, rivalry. And then by the end of the first week, we started having to come together for some of the bigger scenes towards the end of the f- end of the film where we were all together as main unit. But yeah, it was like, even though it was 16 days because of the two units, it ended up being more like 30 days.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's, it just looks so fun. Like I, I can't say that enough. Like just being on that set or something. Yeah. And, uh, I could be way way off with this but there was a moment with um the what was it the uh, the furnace guy or whatever yep. yeah uh he looked like a pro wrestler i know is he, is he a vampiro cuz I know that guy's from northern ontario too.
1: Vampiro. you mean the dead furnace guy that Yeah, find the dead the furnace basement? guy. Just the yeah. North? Yeah, yeah. No, that okay. was that uh, was just a mold that the special effects guy Sean Hunter did of his own dad. I guess he like life-casted his dad.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, It just, like, he looked exactly like really? this wrestler, and I know this <laughs> wrestler does, like, uh, B-movies and, like, horror movies and, like, crazy shit like that, too. So, yeah, I was just trying to force put it together. And I know he's from northern Ontario, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when you mentioned uh, Monster Brawl, which I haven't seen, you has a wrestling Lots thing, I'm like, did he that. hire Vampira? <laughs> 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 That's cool. Yeah. Hired him
1: just to play a corpse in the basement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are, are you a wrestling fan at all? Like, I am, yeah, yeah I definitely too. used to be. I don't keep up with it as much now, but I I have a nine-year-old son, so we do watch it uh, as much as we can. But, uh, I mean, growing up, definitely, and, and then obviously with Monster Brawl.
0: Yeah, that's awesome how you're kind of, like, combining, like, things you love. Like, growing up, like, the horror and the wrestling, slam them together and bam, like, mm-hmm. you're creating yeah. these things. And it's, I always love about this show just hearing where people's influences <laughs> come from or, totally. like, how things happen. And I
1: think you find that in films like, well, Monster Brawl, it's with like the nostalgia. And, and even the horde, like, there's this weird kind of element of, like, a booby-trapped house that with, like, tons of different staircases and secret passages and <laughs> yeah. and, and I, I don't know i always kind of love that shit yeah it's up. almost like indiana jones shit <laughs> but like in a hoarder's house totally.
0: <laughs> yeah they're finding all these things they don't want to find and yeah yeah, yeah it's so cool, i mean man. it was a hell of a
1: time filming in some of those houses because they were we just could not move around and even with a small crew of seven or eight of us like the poor sound guy with his boom mic and a bigger guy with all of his stuff, uh, strapped to him. And he was just knocking over chairs and boxes falling on him. And, and I remember like every day at some point I just, you know, he'd bump his head or he'd be outside snap, and being just like, I fucking hate this. House. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You got to release them behind the scenes or something. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like so. Uh, you also got Dead Sight coming out. Is yeah. that gonna be like a funny one too,
1: or no, not at all? That's oh, like interesting. Completely different. Very like dark and gritty zombie film that we shot last winter. Um, but, but some of the same people involved, but no, like much darker in uh, subject matter and not. I wouldn't say not much humor. Yeah, no humor at all. Really, uh, just a completely different feeling film in terms of what we've done. Um, which is nice because we sort of like that we can, we don't have to just stick to one thing. We're, we're definitely open to, to doing, you know, within the horror genre, tackling different kinds of stories and uh, just what we like. So Dead Sight is actually about a partially blind man who wakes up in the back of an ambulance sort of on the morning of the zombie apocalypse in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of follow him through his journey on how he ends up surviving um, and he meets up with a, uh, a pregnant police officer who was played by my wife, Liv Collins and uh, together they kind of have to get out of this uh, zombie apocalypse um, so lots of zombies and some uh, same locations though from the Horde just used in different ways the farmhouse we used on the Horde is like an abandoned house in Dead Sight and rye barrett's in both oh nice he's in everything i know i was joking i love it. he's like already received like a lifetime award from blood in the snow film fest and like this year he's back with like 10 films in it <laughs> that's and, fantastic uh, um so he's he plays like the goofy ghost hunter in uh the horde but in dead sight he has just an amazing role as uh kind of like a backwoods lumberjack type guy who's infected, but by, by, uh, I think it's his best performance I've ever seen him in, but I'm also very biased. <laughs> oh, that's dope.
0: Um I'm excited to meet Rye. I know it's going to happen sometime because uh, uh, the the PR people, they keep sending me movies around <laughs> Blood in the Snow last year and this year, and he's in each and every one of them and like really always doing he's different like a- things. I almost didn't notice him in the Horde until like... Really? Yeah, it's just... That was, like, such a different role for
1: him. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a mainstay for the Toronto, you know, indie horror scene. He's in everything, and he's a great guy to work with. And But uh, I've never seen him do comedy like he does in The Horde. And uh, Elma, who played, like, his estranged ex-wife in The Horde, she was the lead in Bite, which was a horror film a couple of years ago that Black Fawn did. Oh, cool, cool. And then... A lot of the other people are just randoms, like some of them like the Charles Ivey guy in the Horde who's like the day worker they pick up like bumming around. Owens yeah. Now. Oh, that character like, is great. David. He's just real. That's what Charles Ivey does. He's worked <laughs> on some of our films as like a production assistant or as a background zombie. And we called him up and we're like, hey, man, do you want to be in this film about hoarding? And he's like, yeah, like, what do you have to play? And we're like, you're, you're literally playing Charles Ivey. <laughs> it's like, like it, your friend from the hockey locker room. Exactly. Like, wow, so there was yeah. kind of like half actors, half half uh, non-actors. And uh, Lisa plays Sheila Smythe. So we wanted kind of like a an actor definitely to play that role that would get the sympathy and the heart of the film with Murph Evans so that there was kind of something good about some of the characters uh compared to like the evil doctor or the junk guys or yeah yeah
0: yeah that's so cool that you uh like because like you mentioned with uh the one guy who does all the odd jobs, and you're <laughs> your hockey dressing room guy. Yeah. That, like, I wouldn't have guessed that they're like not actors. Like, they did such a good job in that movie. But it's cool that you see this in mm-hmm. other people. You know, in your circle, and you can use your resources that way. Right? It kind of made magic for that moment. Yeah, and it's yeah. always
1: like a big risk too, because like you, like the guy who plays the Duke or whatever, who's the <laughs> you know just the the asshole who's always uh, making fun of the other people, and you 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 take a guy like marcus ludlow who's just so funny in real life like everything he does he's just such a character yeah and you often think oh i you know i'd love to have him in a movie even if it's a small part or whatever but then you're always like is that just this shtick he does like when once the camera's rolling is he gonna just clam up yeah yeah and and how would he do with scripted stuff but like credit to him he was just a natural i mean yeah he just showed up
0: and he he was probably super excited too. It's like because lots of people dream of being like in movies too. Like when you're <laughs> not even in the industry, it's like oh, it'd be cool to be in a movie or whatever. And just out of the blue, you ask him, hey, yeah, you're, you got this role? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so so cool. And
1: um, yeah, so uh, do you know what times uh, Horde and Dead Sight is going to be playing? Uh, yeah, so next Sunday, November twenty fifth, four thirty p.m. is Dead Sight. And that's over at the Royal Cinema on College Street. And then right after that, at 7 p.m., is the world premiere of The Horde. And, uh, again, we're just very excited. I'm more excited for, like, the people who worked on The Horde but didn't work on Dead Sight and vice versa, because they're going to stay and see both.
0: Nice, nice, yeah.
1: And just uh, to get that reaction from the people who are in the comedy and say, hey, what did you think of this zombie film? and and then I'm happy the horde is playing last because it's just so crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't want to end on like Dead Sight. I love Dead Sight, but it's more of a um, a meditative zombie film. Um, you know that doesn't have the the just like raw energy, comedic energy of the horde, which is just crazy. So yeah, yeah, I'm glad the horde's playing because it, it almost feels more like a midnight uh, movie.
0: Hmm. Yeah, definitely kind of like. Uh, like almost like a polished grindhouse movie, <laughs> you yeah. yeah, totally. know? Yeah, it's totally. so sick.
1: It's just so funny because we, when Lisa came up, who plays Sheila Smythe, and uh, she had never met Barry before, and we all had, and uh, she had never been in these houses. And I, I purposely didn't want her to do any tech scouts or location visits with us because I wanted her, the first time she like saw the real horde mess inside the house i oh, wanted to get that the real i mess. wanted it to be real and yeah. so she was like unsure because because she's like well what are we doing today and i'm like oh like you're just gonna go through barry's house with him he's gonna give you a little tour <laughs> through his house and we're just gonna like film you guys and get as much shit as we can yeah and i knew that would only work once like the first take getting getting all that and so it was always funny um when you've hired people, actors coming in from Toronto and stuff, and they get up to Owen Sound, which is just like such a funny, you know, blue-collar city. Yeah. There are a lot of houses like the Horde that haven't been, like where I'm from, Collingwood, it's a lot of that turn-of-the-century houses, but because of the skiers and stuff, they've all been renovated, and it's very nice, but Owen Sound still has that, you know, look of the late Victorian age, and the houses haven't been completely uh, redone. So it has this weird gothic almost haunting vibe to it and so when the actors would get up there and they would they would only have read the script and so they're probably thinking oh how did how are they going to build these sets or where are the sets and then we're actually taking them through these you know Horribly clutters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We didn't build shit. It was just made no, like no. this. <laughs> we, we actually saw the set. This. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: fantastic. And uh, yeah, it's cool that you do a lot of work up there too, compared to like people just always gunning for the city because it's. I find it's like so hard to shoot around here, like mm-hmm. with crazy permits or whatnot. And uh, yeah, like you knowing the lay of the land of like just around that part of Ontario too. I'm sure it's just. It's just so much better for you as, like, a filmmaker to just find all these locations. Yeah, whatnot. I
1: definitely feel that way um, in terms of, I guess, like, getting away with stuff maybe is the right term. Like, yeah. if you're in the city, you're right. You just need a lot of permits and probably, like, a hired policeman on set all day. And mm-hmm. and uh, But up there, you can just go film something. <laughs> Nobody like, even like knows. <laughs> down, downtown Owen Sound or Collingwood. And then, you know, the odd time, maybe someone would pop out of a store and be like, what the hell are you guys doing? Yeah. And then we're like, we're making a movie. And they're like, you can't do that. And we're like, we already did. Like, yeah, you know, it takes <laughs> over. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, like for the most part, people are, are like more than welcoming and delighted. And yeah. so if you you could just walk into a diner or a restaurant or a business, like we filmed in Value Village in Owen Sound. And yeah, yeah, I noticed that like, too. Shit, how are we going to get permission? And how are we going to do this? And they're just like, of course you can. oh so the value village was like oh yeah Yeah. and and, uh it's funny because kirk haviland who's a programmer at blood in the snow he he used to work at a value village in toronto and i called him up uh when we were filming the horde and i'm like hey man we got a cameo for you because i've I've always known kirk for years uh in the the toronto reviewer and programming uh, community and he's like great what's the role?" And I said, you're a worker at Value Village. Yeah. And he's like, you know, he's been typecasted because he was working there at the time. Again, it goes back to, like, hiring your buddies to just be themselves. Exactly. And, <laughs> you know. yeah. and that was funny because there's, like, real people shopping in Value Village, and we're, like, chasing people around in there with our cameras. and yeah, I, I think up there because it's more of a a rarity that people are, are more apt to, you know, be more forgiving or be more intrigued. And whereas in Toronto, you just see film shoots everywhere and they're yeah, kind I, of a nuisance. And
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure people are excited. They're like, Oh, mm-hmm. what movie? When can I see this? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and some old lady <laughs> asking you, Oh, you don't want to see this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's called septic man. <laughs> the, the funny thing
1: about, uh, the horde is Barry Moore who plays Murph Evans, the hoarder. Yeah. And it, again, it's like a, faux documentary about him because he's playing like a caricature of himself and it's his properties and it's a lot of the stuff he's into and it's his truck and and so on, but he's like a big guy in his like church up there, his church community. And oh, no way. So we did like a special screening in Owen Sound just for like cast and crew and for some of the locals. And so he invited like his whole church. Oh and God! And, like, <laughs> and we're used to like these midnight screenings in Toronto where there's like it's just like horror fans or gore hounds. Yeah. And we're doing this bunch of weird Goth And I'm like, the doors open to the theater, and I just start seeing like these like geriatric <laughs> <laughs> 80 oh and 90 year old people with walkers storming into the theater to see Barry and his houses. And I'm like, Oh my God. Cause there's so much profanity. Yeah. I didn't even realize the profanity until I actually like stopped to, to count it. I'm like, Jesus, this is, yeah. I, I don't know how <laughs> this is going to go over. Are we going to get, you know, kicked out of town? Um, are they going to just shut off the, the, like the thing midway through? And, uh, To our shock and surprise, like, at the end of it, because Barry sort of, without spoiling anything, emerges as more of a protagonist than, like, a villainous, filthy hoarder. He ends up becoming uh, a pretty good character. Yeah, yeah. That all the old ladies and shit were just, like, loving it. Oh, really? The fact that he, like, Barry donned the shotgun at the end and was blowing away bad guys and stuff, um... Yeah, it's almost like their church man is like a hero. When's that going to be on TV? Like, they thought it was going to be on like Lifetime Network with the other reality shows. (laughs) So, you know, we dodged a bullet there (laughs) because I was really worried. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure like if
0: I was in that situation, it would really go into my head. It's like, oh my God, all these old ladies are here. I'm a terrible person. Why'd they make this movie? (laughs) But no, that's cool. (laughs) That's so awesome. Yeah, I love your style of. Like, from what I got from, like, talking to you right now, like, just seeing something and that sparking an idea and having that idea kind of snowball and, like, (laughs) getting your people, like, it's, that's so cool. It's a cool way of, like, just almost just going with the flow and making something happen. And
1: Totally. It's like once you commit yourself to the idea, and, like, we always throw around ideas, but then we're like, okay, that's the one And it's like, okay, when are we shooting? Six weeks from now. Okay. Like, we don't spend, like, a year developing scripts. Or we don't have bosses who are like, you need to change these things in your story. And then we'll approve you to the next stage of development. Like, we're just, like, fucking nuts. Like, we'll just go get the idea and for better or for worse i i think there's definitely some positives with slowly developing things but i in terms of like canadian film a lot of the time you get just too many cooks in the kitchen and it ends up being a really watered down version of your vision so there's something to be said about that like kinetic raw thing like we've got this crazy idea and we're just doing it and no one's gonna stop us and yeah that's
0: awesome that's such a great way to do it yeah that's sick and i can expect if uh you ever make a horror movie on a radio station i'll get a call or something (laughs) hey (laughs) hey, you want to die today (laughs) (laughs) but but, yeah i I really i really like how you 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 rock shit like that and uh yeah so uh people if you're listening to this on itunes stitcher google play and now spotify yeah (laughs) um just to let you know every episode has its own page you're gonna see a picture of jesse in the studio and we're gonna have links to blood in the snow when everything's playing and trailers of all his awesome awesome work and i know you got to go finish dead Sight right now so i'm gonna let you go i feel like i can talk to you for hours but i'm gonna let you go work but uh yeah thank you for your time and anything else you want to say before we take off
1: well thanks for having me on sean and uh Yeah, I'd love to come back. I've often thought the whole story of our making these 11 films in in Ontario over the last few years would make for a podcast in and of itself, like many episodes, so it's just been so nice to come here and document some of it, a little snippet for you, but it's been quite a journey, and, uh, um, you know, hopefully this is just the beginning of of, uh, a long career in making these kind of indie films yeah
0: awesome man yeah and i'd love to like just follow your story too and i love your work like genuinely so i want to see what's next too so and on top of that it'd be great to just talk about it as you go on so like yeah next time you you release something like feel free to come back anytime man my pleasure thanks yeah thanks cheers. again. Girth Radio.